you would be enthusiastic about staying at your job if you were really happy. I think that's part of the problem is that we keep doing the same thing. Putting our teammates first, putting our team first as individuals, making sure that we show how caring we are as a, a group. We've always had the philosophy that employees should be looking at the culture fit. And we as organizations should look at the culture fit as well. For flexibility for someone's job, what you are actually saying is, I trust, I value you, not just as an employee at our company, but you also have value as an individual. Welcome to The Human Factor, where we talk people, culture, and resources for humans. In this episode, I talk with Shane Yant about process-based leadership, hybrid teams, and his three C's for highly functioning teams. Good morning, good afternoon, uh, good night, wherever you are, whenever you are listening and receiving this message. Uh, Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Human Factor. I'm your uh, host, Cole Evans, marketing officer here at WorkZynga. I have today with me Shane Yant. Shane is the president of Competitive Solutions, uh, an international consulting and software firm headquartered in the great state of North Carolina. I am really excited, Shane. I've got a lot of questions to dive right in here. Um, How are you doing today? I am fantastic, Cole. Thank you guys for having me uh, participate in Work Zynga's podcast. Excited to be here today. Absolutely. I'm already loving your energy level. And, um, you know, for for whether you're watching on YouTube or you're listening All Places podcast, you know, when you have those scheduling debacles and you're like, well, it it just cannot make today work. We'll try tomorrow and then tomorrow. (laughs) And I can't make that work. Uh, Shane and I have gone back and forth over a few days trying to um, uh, get on each other's schedule. And I really, really appreciate you um, making some time and and being with us today. So um, competitive solutions, tell our audience a little bit about what you guys do and uh, just a high level makeup of what your uh, teams are comprised of. Absolutely. Thanks, Cole. Uh, So as you already said, I'm headquartered in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, In fact, CNBC just chose North Carolina as the best state in the nation to do business in. So we are we are super excited to have deep roots here. I I grew up here. Uh, My firm has an office in Atlanta as well. There's 28 of us. And basically, Cole, there's three capable who spent the last 30 years perfecting. We're really known in industry for our methodology called space leadership which is really around how do you build the right system and structure so that you have the highest probability of getting a culture that you're really proud of. And then we also do a lot of executive coaching, leadership development. We have a platform called Leadership GPS. And then, as you said, at the top of the the podcast, we're also a software company, and most of our clients run our BI tool called Visuant. So we really try to bring to our clients kind of that full boutique service of not only working in your organization, but working with your leaders and then helping them digitize it so it has the highest probability of sustaining. That's very interesting, Shane. When, when you go on and if you want to connect with Shane and see what um, he and Competitive Solutions is all about, obviously, you can see all the show notes below. It doesn't matter what channel you're on. All the copy that goes with this, click on all the links and you'll find Shane. Uh, but when you go on and you look at Shane's profile, you'll see very quickly the ladder, if you will, the digital ladder that came at Competitive Solutions because you have been there for 28 years. Tell our audience a little bit about what work looked like for you a couple of decades ago as compared to today. Wow, you're you're dating me, Cole. So, you know, I think about where I began in my career. I, I said I grew up in North Carolina and I actually went to school here and started my first job as an HR manager. 
down in Eastern North Carolina in, of all places, a food processing facility called Purdue Farms. So if you know anything, if you've been to the grocery store lately, you know that that's chickens, right? That's right. And so they recruited me literally right out of school. I went into HR knowing like literally nothing, right, about anything. And, and I spent some time in HR, but I really gravitated toward the manufacturing side of that business. Uh, because what I found very quickly is I liked the pace, I liked the velocity of what was happening in that in that part of the business. In in the late '80s, early '90s, we were starting to experiment as an organization with continuous improvement. And the CEO at the time tapped me and said, "Hey Shane, you, you like to be in front of people? Can you lead a can you lead a change initiative for us?" Which at that time was really around high functioning teams and how do we put high functioning teams in place? And you think about the the late '80s, early '90s, cold. Not a lot was really done around teamwork. If anything, it was around interpersonal skills. But but really, that was about the extent of it. And so I really found a passion for that. We had about nine plants at the time, and I was traveling around those. And I kind of got this in my head that, hey, if I can do this internally, why not try it externally? Sure. And so that was really the, the genesis of Competitive Solutions in 1991, where myself and a couple of my colleagues got together and said, hey, maybe there's something to this whole consulting gig. We, we've rolled our sleeves up. We've done it internally. Now let's see if we can take that message externally. And that really started a journey, as you said, of almost 30 years of helping organizations understand how do you build a culture with the highest probability of sustainability, right? Right. Right. And we're, we'll talk about this today in the podcast, but ultimately I asked quest, the question to our, our client, are you personality driven or process driven? And, and unfortunately, most clients today are per personality driven and that's the struggle, right? That's the struggle with building a durable, sustainable culture. Those personalities are going to change. Systems need to be built to run the business. It's a very good point, Shane, leading me into my next question, um, which I have here is biggest challenges that you've had to sit with as a leader. So again, um, you you don't have to uh, have been in the workforce for many years to understand that there has been dramatic uh, change over the last few years, right? So let's let's back up a few more years from that, right? Uh, whether it's early 90s going into 2000s, what uh, in your world has been the biggest challenge in the past couple of years that you've really, it's, its as I said to uh, uh, Rachel at Bridgestone Americas in our conversation, what is the thing that you really, it came to your front door faster than you were ready for? You know, I, I would tell you, it was probably the genesis of of our software side of our business. And here's why. You can't go to any trade show in the last couple of years and not hear about data. And there are a million ways that organizations are trying to mine their existing data. Mm -hmm. And what we're seeing is that every organization has a way to visualize their data. But the, the fundamental challenge becomes, how are we utilizing that data? I was in a meeting just anecdotally this week virtually with a Line and uh, the person facilitating the meeting had probably no less than eight windows open of different uh, software systems, organic and, and purchase, where they were trying to discern, ultimately, at the end of the day, are we winning or losing? 
Hmm. And if you're lost in eight different windows of eight different BI platforms, it's pretty hard to get that meeting focused on what's the critical message? What's the critical right. action? Are we are we winning or losing? So I, I would tell you what, what we found on our doorstep and, and what I think most organizations are struggling with today is how do we move from data visualization to actually into data utilization? Because that's where we get, candidly, the cornerstone of the culture. Got it. Uh, Shane, let's let's turn for a second and talk about the makeup of your team. So you've got teams in uh, Georgia. You're uh, right there in your backyard of North Carolina, around 30 employees, give or take. Tell our audience a little bit about uh, what is that divide? Are you 50-50? Or is the majority right there with you in North Carolina? Let's talk about that for a second. Yeah, great question, Cole. So about half the team is here with me in Raleigh, and that half is the consulting side of our business. So those individuals that are really leading that process-based leadership deployment, that leadership GPS coaching deployment, in my office in Atlanta, the other half is really our software platform, so our Visuant team. So they're the folks that are are really the data experts and really working with our clients to make sure they're they're building a system that will give them the information that they're looking for. So about about fifty fifty. Okay. So um, I I'm gonna go ahead and dive directly in headfirst into the hybrid or remote work conversation. Okay. So tell our audience a little bit about let's let's kind of peek behind the curtain a little bit. 28 years you've been in the company. How long has it been since you've had a second location? And what has uh, that growth looked like? Uh, you know, if you were, you know, 10, a 10 person uh, shop for a handful of years, and then you, ex- uh, you know, created the other location and expanded. Tell us a little bit about what that growth has looked like. Yeah, yeah. So for the first 10 years, so really from 1991 to early 2000s, we were one office here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, In the early 2000s, we were experiencing some substantial growth because we were doing and continue to do a lot of work with the Department of Defense, in particular the Army. And that was really the first real growth, I mean, significant, like, 70% 70% growth that we experienced in the early sure. 2000s that really demanded us to expand our footprint. You know, I, I'm a Southern guy. My partner that leads my office in, in Atlanta is, is from North Carolina and lives in the South. And so I'm a little biased to geography. And so that's why Atlanta people say, well, why do you have two offices in the Southeast? You know, it's just kind of the way it wasn't by any strategic design. It was just, uh, it's a we direct flight. Like we, we could recruit <laughs> and have a yeah, exactly. That's exactly. We're Delta people, right? How can you not be in the Southeast? And uh, and so it really just it kind of started that that office is really uh, turned into be a, a real center place where we'll bring clients to and we run a lot of events out of that office down there uh, because people, you know, we've talked a little bit about just hybrid and, and the, the, the way of work. What I'm seeing just in, in 2022, there is such a desire to get back to face to face, right? To get back to away from being in front of a computer screen and, and trying to connect and, and sitting down as much as we might have despised it pandemic, there is really a desire to sit back down in a conference room, face-to-face, go to lunch, have those human connections. And so we're trying to use both of our offices to really start being uh, being a leader and bringing people back together. Are you, uh, so I immediately think of behavioral styles, right? Because consulting and uh, software engineers are not the same behavioral style. Uh, do you have all of your teams coming into the office in both states every day? 
we are on a hybrid model right now where uh, certainly in a software company, you have to be available 24-7. And so we have a help desk that we support. Uh, that's an international help desk. And so certainly they are available, but they were doing that remotely, Cole, before sure. even the pandemic. Right. In terms of the offices between the two offices. In my office in Raleigh, we are 100% remote. Uh, we moved to a neighborhood concept uh, really pre-pandemic where folks would come into the office when they weren't traveling because pre-pandemic, most of our consultants are traveling 10 to 12 nights a month. We used to have a office where everyone had their own dedicated office. And, and even pre-pandemic, we realized that probably wasn't a good footprint, a good use of space. And so we moved to that neighborhood concept here in Raleigh before that was even kind of trendy, where now people come in, they just take an open office, and uh, and it, it works fantastic. Uh, in our office, we have a, a model that's a blend. And so those folks down there, uh, they're in the office Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Uh, partly that's driven from some current conditions where we're doing a, a major upgrade and rewrite to our software platform. And we found to try to accelerate that design and development, having that time physically together it is an accelerator to that. So fully remote in my office, hybrid in my office in Atlanta. So, and I appreciate you sharing that uh, with us, Shane. We've talked to um, lots of different leaders and, and um, HR leaders and companies that are number one, in some cases, still figuring it out. And in other cases, as my conversation uh, with Dan George at Jump Crew the other day here in Nashville, we talked about their model, which is Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And they say, you know, bring your best self, um, you know, be as engaged as possible. Monday and Friday are your days to, to do your thing in your space that you're um, um, comfortable in and the most creative in. Uh, but on Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday, checking in. So it's interesting to hear different companies and how they're approaching it and what's you know working for them. So 100 uh, percent remote in, uh, remote in North Carolina uh, neighborhood concept. I really like that. And then in Georgia, you have uh, them checking in. Let's talk a little bit about tell our audience a little bit, a little bit about engagement. So on consulting, uh, cons you know, it's a numbers game. They've got budgets. They've got to hit numbers. There's lots of account management. So aside from. Uh, the job description. Let's tell our audience a little bit about engagement ideas. How are we keeping, how are you keeping your teams in both states engaged in the mission of competitive solutions? Yeah, thanks for that question. So even though we are two separate offices, we're still one company. And, and that's something that it sounds so simple, but what we've found is in order to be one company, you have to connect as one entity. We just recently came off a meeting in Charlotte, North Carolina, which is about equidistance uh, from driving from Raleigh and Atlanta. And so we try to do those full company face-to-face -face meetings twice a year, one in the summer, one right around the holidays, to bring us together collectively as a team. Every Monday, we have what we call our company startup meeting where everyone logs in 10 o'clock in the morning on Monday to really walk through who's traveling this week, what any, any customer issues, any customer deadlines, just really aligning us on, on what's happening. And there's an element of that that is certainly very focused on the, the customer facing part, but then there's an element focused on the, the internal component of, hey, who's celebrating? We have a couple of folks this week who are taking their, their either first or last kids to college this week. And so for us to connect, again, from a human element around what's happening personally in our lives, we try to use the, the second half of that uh, to do that. And so it, it's it's a combination, Cole, of, of coming together face-to-face, -face, period periodically, the rigor and discipline of 
every Monday coming together virtually. Sure. And then the last thing I would say is we're big believers in, in personal development. And so I encourage everyone in our team, including me, um, that that we need to be using the old uh, Stephen Covey uh, word of sharpening the saw. We need to be talking about what are we learning? How are we growing? What are we doing to, to make not only ourselves better from a consulting standpoint, but just better human beings? Because you've got to invest in yourself and be intentional about that. And, and we found the more we do that and then share that. Um, in fact, just, just an anecdote in that meeting in Charlotte actions. It was the last uh, agenda item on the last day was for everyone to bring something that they, they've learned in 2022. Could be personal, could be professional, could be client facing, could not be, and just share that with the team. And I was actually just amazed how how rich that conversation was because it allowed us again to connect, not just about the mission of consulting or software, sure, but the more we connect as human beings, the more we're going to be in our customer facing activities. Shane, I feel like we could just keep on talking. I've got about two more questions for you. And I really, again, thank you so much for uh, making the time and the space here with our community and giving us a, a little peek behind the curtains of, of your uh, multi-location company. Um, this is for leaders, HR professionals, entrepreneurs getting ready to start a company, startups that re received a, a chunk of funding and they're about to do mass hiring. What's your advice when you look back over pushing three decades? What's your advice for hiring new people today with context of how it was yesterday? I think the biggest challenge, Cole, and, and it's for it's not just for entrepreneurial organizations, but it's for any organization. It's particularly relevant, I think, though, in startups and entrepreneurial organizations, because typically you've got a person or people who because of the sheer nature of starting something, they're going to have often very strong personalities. They're going to have a vision of what they want to do. They've got an idea they're trying to, to, to bring to the market. And so we can, we can do a lot of great things on the sheer power of our personalities. But the, but the other side of that is that creates extreme leadership fatigue. And there's, I, I was in an organization two weeks ago where it's, it's second generation and the second generation is coming in now. And they've seen the first generation with, with the positive side of being an entrepreneur organization, but just literally have no work-life balance. The, 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 that first generation is so fatigued and worn mm -hmm. out that sure. the second generation is saying, I don't know if I want this lifestyle. That's right. And so what we're encouraging both both large and small, public and private is at the end of the day, if you want an organization that's going to be durable and sustainable, you have to recognize that managing by personality while it will start something is not how you sustain. You've got to put in the right systems and processes. And what I mean by that is you've got to have the right system and process or ability. You've got to have the right system and process around what metrics are we going to track and, and why do they matter and how do they drive our growth and development? And we have to align around those. We have to have a system and how we communicate. So we're we're creating within the organization a rhythm of information flow where people feel part of that and people want to be part of that. And, and if you're trying to run the organization just on sheer willpower and brute force, uh, you may accomplish some things, but I've seen too many organizations over 30 years where it doesn't survive a, a, a generational transfer because people will just build the systems to do that. So that's the message we try to bring to our organization. Be a system thinker, not a personality thinker. 
Very good point, Shane. I uh, end every one of these the exact same way, and I'm going to end it with you the same, which is how does Shane define workplace culture? You know, we have a way we do it, and we call it the three C's. And, and as we look across what we characterize as high-functioning organizations, we believe there are three things they have in common. The first thing they have in common is they have clarity, clarity of communication. I just was mentioning a, a kind of a process around this. When we talk about clarity, we mean a rhythm and a cadence of information flow that, that puts the leaders on offense. So they're managing the messaging within the organization and people feel and want that clarity. See where there is, we feel like a good culture has got to connect people to the city. So if I'm standing at, in, in, a, in a facility or in an office or in a break room, if I ask random people the question, are we winning or are we losing? They can give me an answer. And the answer isn't abstract. The answer is real and relevant and empirical because we've made metrics matter and we've connected people. And then I think most importantly, and it goes to my theme around process and system, high functioning cultures have consistency. They have a way of work that's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And that way of work isn't predicated on what personality shows up today or what personality is in that meeting today. You know, it's independent of Cole and Shane. There's a way of work that transcends that. And so for us, high-functioning cultures, they've got three things in common. They've got clarity, connectivity, and consistency. And that's the journey that we try to put our clients on of giving them the right systems and the right leadership mindset to be able to accomplish that. Uh, if you're listening to All Things Podcast or tuning in on YouTube, uh, we're speaking with Shane Yant. He is the president of Competitive Solutions. He's been there for a few weeks. We'll just say that, pushing 30 <laughs> years. Two locations, North Carolina and Georgia, with the neighborhood concept. I really, really like that. Process-based leadership. Um, so you have consultants and uh, data software engineers. I like the Monday morning company startup meeting. We'll definitely be talking more about that and uh, personal development in the three C's. I think that is a huge takeaway for the three C's and breaking those down. I really appreciate that. If you have not, please go ahead and hit the button in the corners. It depends on what uh, device you're on, but uh, YouTube, subscribe to our channel. And if you're on podcast, definitely download the podcast and leave us a comment. Uh, it takes just a few seconds to do that. And both subscribing and leaving a comment, open our podcast up to so many other people. If you want to connect with Shane, learn more about Competitive Solutions and all the great things they're doing, check out the show notes below. We've got all the links. Shane, thank you so much for your time. I'm so glad we finally got this uh, complete and on the books. And I look forward to um, continuing our conversation later. That sounds great, Cole. Have a super day. Thank you. You too. Thank you, sir. Thank you.